I'm Matthew McCabe. Welcome to Miracle Voices. Each episode, we will be delving into stories of forgiveness, healing, and transformation that have come about from integrating the principles of the book, A Course in Miracles. If you want to learn more about A Course in Miracles, visit www.acim.org. If you'd like to visit the Miracle Voices site, please go to www.miraclevoices.org. If you feel inspired to make a love offering, please visit us at miraclevoices.org forward slash donate. All donations go support the work of the Foundation for Inner Peace, the publisher of A Course in Miracles. Now here's your program. Judy, how you doing? I'm doing very well today, Matthew. I'm kind of surprised. It's kind of a gloomy day in Northern California and a little bit chilly with mist in the air, and yet the daffodils are blooming. And being a Northeasterner from New York City, I'm not used to on February 15th seeing daffodils, even though I've lived here many years. Yes. It's a delightful treat. Yeah, coming from Chicago, I I feel like winter is like it's like a, a season of punishment in California. There, it's uh, you're getting beautiful weather a, a lot. It surprises how quickly winter is over. Well, winter is over in our hearts. That's the, all that matters. Well, I understand you have a story of forgiveness it involves your mom and someone else today. Do you want to? Can you can you give us a little orientation of what you're thinking about? Yes, I certainly can. It occurred to me, this is a story I have never told, and I would just like to share so much. Uh, It happened right after my dad died, and my father was a small man with a very big presence. Uh, Professionally, he was an attorney, but he was one of those people who always wanted to conciliate, never sue. So I think I learned a lot of skills from him. Controversy is not always the best way to go. Um, And my father was very, very deeply in love and devoted to my mom. I knew that all through my life with them. They were each other's childhood sweethearts, and they were married over 70 years. So not long after my father died, I moved my mother in to live with us. And I had a dream. And the dream was that I was in New York City, which is where I was living, And that my father was sitting in a hotel bed wearing starched, clean pajamas and reading the Sunday Times. And my mother was putting on some jewelry and brushing her hair to go out with me and my daughter. But my dead father was there as live as could be reading the paper. And I threw myself down on his bed and I started to cry. And daddy, daddy, you're here. And he shushed me and he said, what's the matter with you? And I said, but you're dead. And he took my chin with his finger and lifted it up like you do a child. And he said, listen, darling, I wanted to tell you that when your mother's turn comes, I will be there. And I said, yes. He said, do you understand me wagging his finger at me? And I said, yes. He said, when your mother's turn comes to leave, I will be there waiting for her. It was almost as if he was saying, you can take care of her for now, but when she dies, I get her back. (laughs) And I woke up and I told my my mother and my daughter about it. We thought it was so funny. It was just like dad. I said, I don't think that was a dream. And they said, probably not, because he would make himself known. He had a very strong personality. So uh, years passed, not too many, but years. And my mother was dying eight years later. And my mother was a very loving, very peaceful 
very completely accepting human being. Uh, she didn't have a presence like my father. She was what we called a listener. And anyone who wanted to, to would come and talk to my mom, whose name was Bobby. And she would listen to them. And I didn't realize until years later that was a form of service that she did for people, was just to listen, be a friend and listen. So she was very peacefully slipping away. And I had a secretary at the time. That's when we called them secretaries, but she was a personal assistant. And her name was Stacy. Uh, Stacy was not involved in the thought system that I shared with my fellow Course in Miracles students. Uh, she was, besides being a personal assistant, she was an artist, and she was one of the earliest people on the web. She and her boyfriend, who she later married, I think they were number 11 on the, the whatever the San Francisco well was called at the time. So she was the one who said to me, I think you need a website. I didn't even know what that was. And she designed one for me. So she was of great help. But the one thing I knew about her is that she didn't like anything freaky, mystical, metaphysical. It gave her the jitters, she said. And we had an office that was right by our home, almost like a little model home of our larger home in which our office staff was. And that's where Tracy worked, Stacy worked. And one day, as my mother was dying, I said to her, honey, if you could just take over for the rest of the day, I'm going to spend the day with my mom because she's slipping away slowly. And she's okay, but don't call me over there. And I said, I wouldn't dream of it. And I went to be with my mom. And about 20 minutes later, I heard her calling me from my own home from the top of the staircase. And I came upstairs and she said, there's someone here who wants to see you. And I said, I can't see anyone now, honey, especially no one not invited. She said, well, he came and he just said he wanted to see you. And I said, well, where is he? She said, he's right here outside waiting. And I said, well, can you just tell him? So she opened the door that I should tell him and there was no one there. And I said, well, maybe he went around the other side of the house and she looked, no one was there. And I said, well, what did he look like? And she said, he was a smallish man and he was wearing slacks and he was jingling coins in his pocket and he was very self-assured. And I said, well, did he leave his name? No, he didn't leave his name. I said, where's his car? He couldn't have, we would have heard him drive away. I don't know if he came by car, she said. And I had an idea. I said, come in the house with me. And I brought her into a long hallway I had, which was covered with family photos, which she had never seen. And I said, take a look around and see if you recognize him in any of these photos. She picked out four pictures of my father. There he is. That's the one. He was just here. And I don't know where he went. And why didn't he stay? And if it's your father, I don't understand. What, are they separated or something? And I said, no, darling, he's been deceased for eight years. Oh, my God, was she upset. She ran out of the house and didn't come back for a week. So I went into my mother's room where my, my daughter was sitting with her, and my mother was in and out of consciousness. And I told my daughter what happened, and she said, 
Well, Grandpa said that he was going to come. I guess he's here. And I said, I guess he must be. And we both just laughed and felt, by the way, extremely comforted. Well, my mother did peacefully pass on. And um, within a week, Stacy was back, uh, pretty apologetic and feeling foolish. But she explained to me that it just freaked her out. But she brought with me a gift and she opened it. And as an artist, she had painted me her view of my mother, what she looked like in the dream she had of her after my mother had passed on. And in the dream, my mother was beautiful. She was beautiful anyway, but she was 87 years old. But in the dream, she was much younger with all different colored lights coming from her hair. It was electrifying, the presence, but it was kind. And she said, this is what came to me in a dream. So I had a good part of it, too. And I'm sorry I ran out on you. And I said, well, that didn't matter. It really was fine. And I'm very glad that you feel better about it. And we hung the picture together. About a few weeks after that, this young woman started to become more revealing about her past. And she had a lot of rage in her. When she was five years old, her mother left the family because she had been involved in a gay relationship. And the father threw her out and went to court and got full custody of their five-year-old daughter. And the mother was not allowed to see her. Very difficult in those days, many years ago. And so poor Stacy was raised by a father who was tremendously abusive. And as she told me, sexually abusive too. So you could imagine the grudge she held against that mom for having left her and left her in that situation. And she would have nothing to do with her as far as she knew her mother could have fallen off the end of the world. She started little by little over the weeks to think of her mom. And one day she told me that she tracked down her mother through her mother's partner who had become a very well-known operatic singer in Canada. And she called and found out that her mother wasn't doing too well, but was still alive and living together. And she asked, could she come and pay a visit to her mom? And she did go and they more than reconciled because three months later, when Stacy was married at our home, her mother came for the wedding with her partner. It was a beautiful story, and that's still not the end. The end of this beautiful story is that a few months after that, her mother, who hadn't been all that well, was discovered to have cancer. And Stacy stopped working for me or for anyone to be with her mother and take care of her for the last three months of her life. The reason I told this story today was because it reminded me so much of something I was just studying in A Course in Miracles. And it says, miracles transcend the body. They are sudden shifts into invisibility, away from the bodily level. That is why they heal. And if you can think about the details of the story, with Stacy being so upset 
about the body and the body dying and about freaky things and things that made her spooked. And the miracle of my father, who certainly was not alive anymore, <laughs> appearing to her of all people, just matter of fact, wanting to come in. And then her finding out that she had just seen a, what she called a ghost, getting so upset that she had to leave, having a dream of my mom painting a beautiful painting of her, coming back to work, and her life was changed. So miracles transcend the body. They are sudden shifts of invisibility away from the bodily level. That is why they heal. It also made me think of something else. And we're talking about miracles and forgiveness. And this podcast is specifically dedicated to forgiveness, although it's kind of hard to separate the two. But the Course tells us that miracles are natural signs of forgiveness. Miracles are natural signs of forgiveness. Through miracles, you accept God's forgiveness by extending it to others. And that's exactly what happened through Stacy. She accepted God's plan for forgiveness by forgiving her mother, forgiving her father, forgiving herself for the horrible childhood inflicted upon her, letting the past go, living in the present, finding love again and living that. And that to me was why this was an important story for me to share. Yeah, do you do you feel like you know the your father appearing to her was like a? Why do you think that was just for her benefit? I couldn't even imagine the why of it, Matthew. <laughs> um, I think the course said it better than I. There's shifts. The miracle is a shift away from the bodily level. My dream of my dad saying he would come to get my mother was a shift away from the bodily level, but it was all intertwined. If I didn't have that dream, I wouldn't have said to my daughter, guess who's here? And she said, grandpa. <laughs> you know? there, there's that little extra lilt of laughter in it that makes it come alive and so enjoyable instead of fearful. So I could imagine in the greater scheme of things, we are all on the same path to awakening, as the Course tells us, and we each get a very specially designed program that's just for us. Can you imagine what we would do or pay to have a personal trainer all the time train us into something we really wanted to learn? We do. We have a personal trainer. The course, the course calls it our higher teacher, our higher self, the Holy Spirit, the voice for God, which is always within us always able to help guide us, give us answers, but the correct ones. Sometimes we ask questions. The questions may not quite be on track for what we need to hear, but you can be sure we're going to get an answer and eventually we will hear it. So who knows why these things happen? They happen. If it just happened to me, I wouldn't even dare report it. But um, having spoken to so many people in my life who had situations of a similar ilk, um, and 
they just treasured them because it was like a wake-up call. Hello, you're not alone, right here with you. And wherever Stacy is now, I can only imagine she has kept on growing all these years since I've seen her. I just know that we shared that time together and it was so tremendously precious to us all. And I still have the picture hanging. That's great. Well, you seem to do really well with pe- people understand understanding that they're, you know, not their body and, you know, being with people as they're dying. There, there does seem to be quite a lot of death going on right now. Um, how do you think about this? I mean, we'd seem like we're particularly in a period of a lot of transitions and the world changing, just kind of the zeitgeist of the world feels like a, like a different theme has come upon the world somehow. How are you kind of managing with it and and working with the course with it? Um, Matthew, I think we're all managing in our own way and we all have the same challenges. No one gets away without experiencing something like this. This week there were three. Well, you know, we have Zoom celebrations or funerals or commemorations now. And there were three, all different ages. Um, I noticed that as people come together at these gatherings, which is so much less formal than a church funeral or a memorial service, uh, people speak their hearts and comfort each other may not understand why in the world this could happen to someone so radiant, so young, so beautiful, so alive. We all know it happens. This is part of our particular plan, our personal ego plan, not the Holy Spirit, not God's plan, our personal ego plan with the earth that we made. The Course tells us God did not make this world, you did. When I first read that, I thought it was backwards. (laughs) Although I understood I was reading something very different indeed. God did not make this world. What do you mean I made this world? The world is all thought. We chose it. You can call it a gigantic shared dream where we seem separate. We seem disconnected. We have some good times. We have some loves. We have some forgivenesses. We have some hatreds. We have some death. We have some illnesses. What a mix-up. What a madhouse. How chaotic it all is. And we made it. That's what the Course is telling us. How do you unmake the ego world of form and graduate back into what you always were as you were created by our creator, which is oneness, eternal light, always love, and peace. Is that some kind of a pipe dream? It better be our pipe dream because that's what is. And so in studying A Course in Miracles, particularly at this time when there seems to be a plethora of death, and illness around us. I find the best way is number one, hang on to each other with as much love as we can muster. Tell each other how we're really feeling. 
be honest and sincere and say, what can I do to help right now? Give me a job, anything. I want to be able to serve you. If you feel like talking, I'm here. How about a meal? No cooking tonight for the kids. Whatever it is you can think of, think of helping somebody who's going through the pain. If it's your own pain that you're going through with people you love, let them help you. But more than anything else, remember, I have something within me that is my true strength. And that's where I turn to. And that something within me will help me find the perfect friend, what to write for the eulogy, whatever it is, is my next step. I do not have to do this alone. I am not alone. If you haven't ever believed this before, that's fine. Most people don't. But if you have the question, ask it. And you'll find that no question you ask like that will ever go unanswered. Soon it will become habit forming. And then you'll start to see a shift. After practicing for years, as I have and other people have with the Course of Miracles, we all agree we see a shift in the way we see the world. We don't see a shift in the way we think of eternity. We don't see a shift in the way we think of peace. We don't see a shift in the way we think of love. We see a shift in the way we think of the chaos. Uh-oh, here's another we see a shift in the way we deal with it. We see we can get through anything. It feels like we can't, but we can. But the most important thing is, as we help each other and as we remind each other, we are not alone, not just with each other, but in truth and the higher sense, we are not alone. That's good. Very comforting. Well, Judy, is there anything else on your mind, course-related or otherwise, that you'd like to share today? Oh, Matthew, <laughs> that opens a big can of worms. <laughs> Not a can of worms. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do. It's it's my life to, to live this and to talk about it because it only helps me. And mm-hmm. so if in sharing it does touch or help anyone else, I'm doubly grateful to have the opportunity to discuss these things with you because I know exactly where you are too. And it's the support that you can give and to allow me to be able to do this. That has been such a blessing for me. I don't know how many more times I will be able to. Anyone who's listening can hear a person's voice who's not young anymore. (laughs) And yet I feel when we have the opportunity to talk about the course and the practice of it, I sort of get revitalized. And if I were tired or achy or it was a hard time, everything else falls away. And I just feel ever so grateful and happy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. Thank you, Judy. And thank you for these wonderful stories. Can't wait to publish them all here soon. And uh, this was really a comforting one. And I know there's a lot of of people listening that are going through things that they will find this helpful. 
So with that, I think that's probably a good place to end for this week. Thanks so much again for joining. Any final words? It's been a comfort. And I wish everyone out there going through these times, and they are times we are going through, memorable ones, that not only do we move smoothly through it, but we learn through it. And we come to know compassion at a deeper level. We come to know empathy at a deeper level. We come to be able to express love at the deepest level. We hold out our arms to each other and we embrace as one, which we are. Very well said. Thank you, Judy. Until next week. See you then, my friend. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to Miracle Voices by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you are enjoying these conversations, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you use. And lastly, please visit us at miraclevoices.org and join our newsletter so we can stay connected. Until the next podcast, I want to leave you with my favorite course quote, when you want only love, you will see nothing else. Nothing else.